This is Bold Dominion, a state politics explainer for Changing Virginia. I'm Nathan Moore. He rumbled from one remote country store to another, in a camper equipped with loudspeakers blaring hillbilly music. He staged rallies that looked and felt more like revival tent meetings, live music, cardboard buckets for campaign offerings, and the candidate himself called on the faithful to witness with their votes. And his gospel? Keep the big boys honest. I never met Henry Howell. He passed away years before I moved to Virginia. But his run for governor in 1973 is one of my favorite moments to read about in Virginia's political history. Here was a Virginia politician, born and bred here in the Commonwealth, openly taking on big business, banks, insurance companies, and monopolies. His favorite target was VEPCO. That's the Virginia Electric Power Company, and it's the company we know today as Dominion Energy. Henry Howell did not win his race for governor in 1973. He lost by two points. And since that era, Virginia lawmakers are far more likely to show deference to Dominion than to take them on. These days, Dominion isn't just the state's biggest public utility, it's also the state's biggest corporate political donor. Not that everybody's okay with that. Some progressive Democrats have called out Dominion for years. But you know what they say about politics and strange bedfellows. This year, some Republicans have caused to be angry with Dominion too, and they've found common ground with those Democrats. They want to curb Dominion's political spending and influence peddling. This year, Republicans in the House of Delegates and Democrats in the State Senate have introduced bills that would prohibit campaign donations from public utilities. Campaign donations that have a direct through line to Dominion's outsized influence on state policy. Through uh, an army of lobbyists that they send to Richmond every year, through large amounts of money put into the political system, through large amounts of charitable giving that they give in communities to buy influence as well, you've seen that they have been able to really have an iron grip on energy policy and uh, the money that we pay for electricity. That's Brennan Gilmore. He's the executive director over at Clean Virginia. Later in the show, he explains how Dominion evolved from a public utility at the service of Virginians to a powerful corporation at the service of its shareholders. But first, Richmond-based journalist Peter Galaska gives us a quick rundown of the current bipartisan efforts to curb Dominion's influence. Oh, Peter, you know, we all know Dominion Energy. They're the biggest electric utility in the state and also for many years the biggest uh, corporate donor to Virginia politicians and candidates. Uh, this, you know, that's been a problem for progressive Democrats for a while now. Um, but now this year, some Republicans are also pretty mad about about Dominion's role in Virginia politics and some of their donations. Take me through what's going on and a bill that's at the General Assembly right now. Well, I think the bigger story is that times are a changing. But the immediate thing that made the um, GOP angry was that Dominion, who generally backs uh, Republican candidates, but not always, uh, decided to have a prank against Glenn Youngkin, the GOP candidate for governor. And supposedly they put together some kind of pack contributed to by some of their executives, which somehow put him in a negative light, especially when it came to Second Amendment rights. Dominion denied it, then apparently they did it. But the Republicans got really angry because they felt in a way betrayed. So now there's actually you know, works in the fire to have some kind of law that restricts how much Dominion can can donate to politicians. But it's a real change of attitude. 
So what would this, uh, you know, looking at the bill that's on the table right now, um, what would the bill actually do to, to change Dominion's spending? You know, it would really basically limit or ban certain types of political contributions. And remind you, I mean, Dominion for years has been the single biggest political donor. And I mean, some people actually were able, able uh, some politicians were actually able to put their children through college on it. So, I mean, that's and it's perfectly OK because it's all admitted. So this could be a change of a, a more of a sea change, I think, in political attitudes in Virginia. I mean, Dominion has enormous political power in the state. How, how did it get to where it's both the biggest donor and the, the most powerful force in, in state politics? Well, don't forget, Virginia is a very top down state. It, by nature, politically wants to keep as many people out of the decision-making process. It wants fewer plates set at the table. I think another reason, there are two real reasons why um, it became that way. One is coal, and that's because there was so much coal coming through the state from the mountains. It was a natural. And the second, I think, was a cultural thing and an engineering thing. And that is because uh, Virginia became an early nuclear state. Why is that? Because of the Navy. The Navy invented the small nuclear reactor. And there are several places in Virginia where you could do that, Newport News and the Portsmouth Naval Shipyard in in Norfolk. And so you had a lot of nuclear engineers who retired, and they all went to Dominion. And they all kind of had a very tight old boys network. And I remember dealing with them back in the 70s. I mean, they really were tight. And um, they thought they had a little, you know, aristocracy going within an aristocracy. And so Dominion also played its cards well in terms of of, uh, influencing politicians, setting up a a regulatory or or non-regulatory framework so that they could really thrive and make a lot of money. And and now they've got a, a, a ton of influence across the state. Yeah, you do. And I mean, it's changed over the years, but it's still changing. Tell me, I mean, what does it mean that Dominion, uh, that a bill that would regulate Dominion spending, what does it mean that that bill is even being taken seriously this year? Because that's gotten nowhere in years past. Well, it has not. I think it's changed because I think enough people, even Amanda Chase, who's a very hard right Republican, was very strong against coal ash. In fact, she drafted the legislation that was pretty strict on coal ash because a lot of her constituents were really pretty angry about it. So, I mean, there is a kind of, I mean, this is kind of the, another change that's going on besides Virginia becoming somewhat more progressive. It's just that the, um, a lot of the old style Republicans are becoming more independent and they're not part of the old boy network anymore, but it's been a long time coming and state's growing up too. And as you mentioned, newcomers to the state aren't going to really care that much about what it used to be. I mean, Dominion still has all this power. It still has piles of money. It still, you know, wields a lot of influence and can throw it around Mm -hmm. uh, at the state level. Mm -hmm. But you've got some Republicans and certainly some Democrats who are standing up and saying, no, you know, we don't want to do that anymore. What comes next? Well, that's a great question. And I think the problem with that is, one, there's a great deal of confusion. Two years ago, everything seemed, um, you know, as blue as a bluebird. And it isn't anymore. Dominion is sort of at, a, at it's, it's making a change. Now, how does it make that change? That is the issue. Because, I mean, you have all the usual energy things. I mean, first off, you've got to go towards wind. You've got to go towards seller. The state finally seems to be doing that in a big way. But you still have these stopgap issues. 
There, there are arguments about whether we should be building small, safe nukes if they exist. Coal. I mean, we still have this coal plant. And what do you do with that? And these are the kinds of things, because you're talking about a technological cultural change, a corporate change and technological change. And it's just going to be a very interesting period. Peter Galaska is a journalist based in the Richmond area. You're listening to Bold Dominion, a state politics explainer for Changing Virginia. Visit us online at bolddominion.org. Have a friend who's trying to get into state politics? Well, tell them about this show, and then subscribe. You can find us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever fine podcasts are served up. While you're there, go ahead and leave us a five-star review. We love those. Bold Dominion is a member of the Virginia Audio Collective, home to more than two dozen podcasts, and hosted at WTJU 91.1 FM Community Radio. Online at virginiaaudio.org. So, we're talking about Dominion Energy on this week's show. In this segment, Brennan Gilmore from Clean Virginia explains how Dominion secured its iron grip on Virginia politics and what's being proposed in the General Assembly to loosen that grip. My name is Brennan Gilmore, and I am the Executive Director of Clean Virginia. Can you briefly explain the current bipartisan concern regarding Virginia Utilities' political contributions? Yeah, in an era where we have very few issues that unite the parties, you see both Democrats and Republicans in Virginia uniting to end the influence of large utility monopolies like Dominion Energy in politics. The reason this is, as we've seen for decades now, that these utilities have been allowed to buy influence with the General Assembly and our state leaders and essentially write the laws that regulate their activities. So the General Assembly in Virginia has a very unique role, along with what we call the State Corporation Commission. They regulate the rates that uh, utilities charge for the price of electricity. Most consumers in Virginia are captive customers of a monopoly. That means they don't have choice between their utilities. So it's very important when you don't have choice in a market that uh, the market is properly regulated. Unfortunately, Dominion Energy and others have been able to regulate themselves and in doing so overcharge by billions of dollars customers and pursue energy policies that benefit their shareholders, but not Virginia as a state. So how did Dominion come to have so much power in Virginia? It's a great question. Electric utilities have always had a lot of power in political system. In fact, Franklin Roosevelt warned uh, over a century ago that utilities played a, uh, a very dangerous role in a political system and that they do have monopolies and they often have the most information about something that is, is essential for modern life. Um, and so you've seen that Dominion has through uh, an army of lobbyists that they send to Richmond every year, through large amounts of money put into the political system, through large amounts of charitable giving that they give in communities to buy influence as well. You've seen that that they have been able to really have an iron grip on energy policy and uh, the money that we pay for electricity here in Virginia. So this iron grip on energy policy, how has Dominion benefited from its political contributions, if you have any egregious examples? There are many egregious examples. The 
energy code in Virginia, the code of law that governs our energy policy is incredibly friendly to Dominion Energy. What that means is they are essentially given money that belongs to consumers. They have written arbitrary provisions that if they overcharge Virginians, we can only get refunds up to a cap, an arbitrary cap of $50 million. That's one of the most egregious provisions in the code. That means they can charge by hundreds and hundreds of millions of dollars and you don't get any any money back despite the fact that they've overcharged you. I like to use an analogy of going to buy a television or a car, any other consumer good, and uh, you accidentally pay a few thousand dollars too much. They overcharged you. You realize that was a mistake. But when you go back to get the money back, the car salesman or the TV salesman says, oh, I'm sorry, I'm only going to give you 50 bucks back. The other 2000, I'm just going to go ahead and keep. It's an, it's ridiculous. And we wouldn't stand for it in any other in any other sector, um, but because of the political influence of these utilities, uh, they are allowed to get away with it. You know, we call it legalized corruption, um, but they essentially have looked at their con- customers across the state of Virginia, not as uh, folks that they should provide a public service for, but as a, a, as a cash cow, as an ATM machine. And, and so their policies are by and large directed by uh, an impulse to maximize value for their shareholders. Yeah, I read that in recent years, Dominion kept hundreds of millions of extra dollars in profit. And now there seems to be more pushback from the General Assembly against Dominion's influence because of the advertisements put out by a PAC funded by Dominion against Governor Yunkin. Why is this bipartisan support growing more now than in previous years? Let me just start by saying there has always been bipartisan support for getting Dominion's uh, malign influence out of our politics. It hasn't been overwhelming. It's still not overwhelming, but it has grown remarkably in the past few years. I think there's a few reasons for this. One is historically Dominion wasn't always as bad of an actor as they have been in the past decade. There used to be a uh, some sort of firewall between the holding company, which looked at you know how to maximize profit and shareholder interest in the utility, which was supposed to be just providing a, a basic public service. Um, with some restructuring that they did in their uh, corporate uh, structure about uh, two decades ago, that firewall collapsed and they started looking at the utility just as a money-making machine. Um, and so in doing that, in the past decade, they passed several bills which essentially tied the hands of their regulators and and stop and stop them from being able to set rates fairly. Um, and so we saw, you know, since the since 2015, um, well over two billion dollars that was taken from Virginians above what the utility was owed. And as uh, as legislators realized this, uh, they became, you know, quite fed up. And so the numbers uh, of legislators that that were hearing from their constituents on this and who they themselves realized that this was a a deeply unjust system started growing. Um, And so we've seen, uh, uh, you know, a lot more support for the idea of getting their influence out of politics. The incident you mentioned um, that happened in the in past year's campaign for governor was Dominion funded a, uh, a essentially a dark money pack to try to hit Governor Yunkin from the right over the issue of guns. It was a, a dark money play and it was funded uh, overwhelmingly by Dominion Energy and it was funded by their top uh, executives and lobbyists as well. And this prompted um, Governor Yunkin 
to speak out very firmly against the role of Dominion Energy in Virginia politics on the campaign trail. Uh, and it also angered a lot of Republicans who, who questioned why in the world a electric utility was funding dark money at attacks against a Republican governor candidate. I think you know it's a lot of a lot of politicians when they saw this had a wake up call because you would again to use another analogy uh, you know you would never have your water authority or your sewer authority or the roads authority um, doing this you know doing these kind of dirty plays in politics so why in the world should your electric utility be doing it either Electric utilities are, are, are supposed to be public service corporations. Unfortunately, Dominion has largely abandoned the public service motive, uh, and its its responsibility is, uh, as it sees it, is first and foremost to make as much money as it can off of its captive consumers in Virginia. So you mentioned that Dominion has become more of a dark actor in recent years. How has policy changed over the past decade with Dominion's influence? The regulatory code, the amount of consumer protections we have, have has been decimated by Dominion lobbyists writing the code. Uh, and so the ability for the state corporation commission regulators to set fair rates for consumers uh, has really been hit um, time and time again over the course of the past decade. Um, and then we've seen that in any case where we have to have legislation that permits large infrastructure projects, you've seen Dominion maximize the cost of these projects. So there are uh, there are good consumer-friendly ways to build new energy infrastructure, and then there are what we call gold-plated ways, where a utility goes in and, and, and jacks up the price for everything because they can charge it to their captive consumers. As we transition to renewables uh, from fossil fuels in Virginia with the passage of the, the landmark of Virginia Clean Energy, uh, Clean energy Act, You've seen the same uh, st- the same type of operations from Dominion. You've seen uh, gold plating of large projects like offshore winds, replacing the gold plating of nuclear or uh, gas projects in the past. How do you think Dominion's influence in politics will continue to affect the renewable energy market? Anytime Dominion is allowed to set the terms of a policy, it's going to cost consumers the maximum. That's their responsibility as an investor-owned utility is to take care of their shareholders first. Uh, and so we will not have the least cost, most effective energy infrastructure and policy and consumer-oriented policy in Virginia until our regulatory structure changes and Dominion gets its its hands out of our politics. We will continue to see their shareholders' interests being placed first and foremost. That has to change. We have to look around the state of Virginia and say, what is the best for the most Virginians? What is the public service our utilities should be providing? And that needs to be our guiding principles when we write energy policy, not how do we maximize profit for Dominion. That doesn't mean that a monopoly can't get a profit. Indeed, the traditional best practices regulatory system is a monopoly earns a fair profit in in turn for providing a public service. They're not meant to earn massive, excessive profit at the hands of captive consumers, many of whom are struggling to make ends meet. Can you talk more about the proposal going to Senate vote this Tuesday that would ban Dominion from contributing to members of the General Assembly? Yes, this is a proposal that has been brought before the General Assembly uh, for many years now. Um, As I mentioned, you had these veteran lawmakers who had always stood up for what was right in trying to get Dominion's money out of politics. 
uh, and these bills were soundly defeated every year. Uh, this year, it's a bipartisan bill. You have Republican Lee Ware uh, on the House side and Republican um, uh, Senator Stewart on the Senate side, along with Senator Chap Peterson uh, and many other uh, Democrats on the House side that are introducing this legislation and saying enough is enough. Uh, electricity consumers in this state have suffered too long under this unjust system, uh, and, it, and it needs to end now. So, uh, you know, I hope legislators do the right thing. Unfortunately, there are a lot of uh, legislators who have taken hundreds and, uh, hundreds and thousands of dollars from Dominion and who have very cozy relationships uh, with the utility and their top lobbyists. And they've been successful in blocking uh, blocking those bills from passing in, in previous years. I hope that doesn't happen again this year, um, but unfortunately I wouldn't be surprised. The good thing is we have elections uh, in Virginia quite frequently. We have House elections and Senate elections next year there's still the possibility that we'll have House elections this year as well under the new maps. But voters who are fed up with these common sense bills dying have a chance to go in and elect and elect representatives who put their interests first and not those of a, of a large monopoly utility. So in the event that this bill doesn't make it through this year, how do you see the fight to keep Dominion out of our politics progressing? I think it, it, it's only building. Uh, you know, four years ago, you had three legislators um, that that did not take Dominion's money. Now you have well over a third of the General Assembly who, as a matter of principle, says, I was elected to regulate this utility, not to take bribes from it. Uh, and so they don't take their money. Um, those numbers continue to grow. I think, you know, new candidates that are getting in to uh, to 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 serve uh, in the Virginia General Assembly almost as a matter of principle and routine uh, say that they'll run on not taking those contributions and as you get you know candidates they they come into this office uh, that have those principles you'll see you'll see uh, the laws change as well. Virginia is an outlier. Um, you know, the, the vast majority of states in the United States don't allow their utilities to contribute. Uh, to, to to the to their politicians, and it's high time that we catch up. Comparing us to other states, do you think there should be a limit or regulation on political contributions, or none at all? Yes, I, I mean I think Virginia's campaign finance system is wholly bankrupt and needs to be uh, reformed completely, including caps. Um, you know, we we are in a very broken system now uh, that doesn't allow for the best and fairest representation. Uh, there's a lot of structural change that needs to be done. It needs to be done, um, you know, holistically and fairly, uh, so it doesn't uh, advantage one interest group or, uh, or or corporation over the other. Um, unfortunately, we have not seen a lot, a, a large appetite to get this done. It's it's always hard to pass campaign finance regulations because you're asking the politicians that are have gotten into office and who have campaigned under the existing system to change it. Um, but that said, uh, we we need to start somewhere. And there are bills um, this year on caps. There's bills on ending the personal use of campaign finance, which is. Uh, so absurd that we're still in a system where one of, I think, two or three states across the country that allows candidates to take political contributions and use them to go on vacation or buy, you know, uh, new new clothes. And so we've got to we've got to, you know, at least address the low hanging fruits um, and then look at more comprehensive reform that includes uh, includes caps and getting regulated utility monopoly money uh, out of out of politics. 
This all very directly affects Virginia ratepayers and citizens. How can Virginia citizens get more involved and educated in this process? Well, I'm the executive director of Clean Virginia, and this is our mission. Um, And we have a lot of resources on our website, www.cleanvirginia.org. And first and foremost, you know, yes, get informed, learn the issues. Um, Some of these issues are very, very complicated. Some are not complicated at all. Some are very simple, principled matters like not taking money from the corporation that you have no choice in whether uh, whether you belong to or not. Um, and, uh, and, and then, you know, talk to your legislator uh, across the Commonwealth of Virginia when, when voters talk to their representatives, they listen. Uh, and we have seen legislators uh, on both sides of the aisle listen to their constituents on this issue and change their position. For a long time, this was just the way things were done in Richmond, and there weren't a lot of people that said, I'm not going to take money from the utilities. Now there are. And the single most important thing that folks can do uh, is learn the issues and get in touch with their legislators. And we've got toolkits on our website. Uh, we just had a large training for advocates last night. Uh, there's a real building and growing movement on these issues, and everyone is more than welcome and encouraged to join in. Brennan Gilmore is the executive director of Clean Virginia. Thanks to him and to journalist Peter Galaska for joining us this week. Thanks, as always, to our producer and editor extraordinaire, Catherine Hansen. My name's Nathan Moore, and I'm the host of Bold Dominion. You can find us online at bolddominion.org. And don't forget to subscribe. It's just a click away.